Welcome back, everybody. Youngsers, episode seven. Got some hearts in the chat from Dan. Uh, thanks for that. Uh, the boys are back. The boys are back. We got Roberts, Dan, Andrew. Uh, what's going on, guys? What's new this week? Uh, two, of, two of the local teams uh, 1-0 to start the year. So sorry for West Virginia taking country roads back home. That song's about Virginia. I'm not even a Pitt fan, you know, at heart. But anytime I can see Pitt win the backyard brawl, a-okay with me. Mm-hmm. So we'll be going in on the backyard brawl here soon. We had uh, resident guest Roberts was there, so I'm sure he'll have some stories to tell. Uh, maybe some gripes with uh, what went down at the stadium, maybe. So uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll get his side of the story. I'm sure he wasn't acting like a jag or anything. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I guess we'll see. Uh, so, so let's kick it off uh, like we usually do with the Steelers here. Uh, no activity this week playing-wise. Uh, last preseason game was last week. We already talked about that. Um, but next week, they have week one against the Cincinnati Bengals. Personally, I'm not feeling too good about this game. Next week, Sunday at 1 o'clock. Uh, what about you guys? Um, taking the Cincinnati money line, if not the spread for next week. So that's that's what Six I'm looking at right now. Six and a half? I think mm-hmm. I think could be more, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, I don't yeah. think six and a half enough points. And they normally don't do double digits in the NFL. You won't see a lot of double digit spreads, but this is one that should be. Uh, Ryan, you're you're vibrating there, bud. Me? Yeah, that's my phone. Uh, Sorry. Yeah. No, you're good. <laughs> uh, so I, I I just don't like our chances, especially with the revamped offensive line of Cincinnati. You know, they went out and actually fixed their offensive line to keep Burrow off the dirt. Uh, I just, uh, it's just going to be a long game for the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, this coming Sunday. Yeah, I think they only have one offensive lineman returning, Jonah Williams, at left tackle, I believe. They brought in Collins from Dallas, uh, Ted Karras at center. So their offensive line's revamped, which not only will help Joe Burrow, you know, like Dan said, stay out of the dirt, but I think that's going to elevate Joe Mixon to another level and what he's capable of. So um, in terms of what the Steelers have to, Cincinnati's defense, uh, Trey Hendrickson, great defensive end. He really played well for them last year in his first year coming over from New Orleans. The Steelers' offensive line just isn't it, and I think that's that's going to end up being the deciding factor in that first game. Even if you give them time to gel, I just don't think the offensive line is going to have enough in it, and the Steelers' offense isn't going to be able to do enough to keep keep up with the Bengals. I think it's going to be the opposite problem. I think uh, the defense just get picked apart. Joe Burrow has so many weapons. I don't really trust our mm. secondary. I think that's where it's going to go downhill. I think we'll be able to stop the run game, maybe hold uh, Joe Mixon off. But I think it's be more Joe Burrow just having his way with the secondary. I mean, if, if Tyler Boyd's your third best receiver, you're doing something right. So I, I don't know about you guys, but I think Cincinnati – from you know wide receiver one to wide receiver three has the best in the league with uh jamar chase t higgins and tyler boyd i know the steelers are uh haven't proved it yet with our receiving core but i i would say yeah you're probably right steelers could make some noise there and we'll see how like pickens plays and if claypool can have a bounce back year and if deontay's out there getting his catches uh i think realistically we got to see if we could stop the run we weren't able to last year uh you would think with alu alu coming back uh you went and got ogan joby um and like we've said in the past couple pods that uh they got them guys that are going to give our defensive line a blow 
uh, see if we keep our defensive line fresh. So I, I think Mixon might have a big game. I don't even think Joe Burrow is going to hurt us that much. But there, there are some question marks on the defensive side. So it'll all play out. Uh, it, and I, I just don't see it in the Steelers' favor. But did we really think that they were going to go to Buffalo last year and blow the doors off of Buffalo like they did? I wouldn't say they blew the doors off them, but they they won that week one matchup and nobody gave them a chance. That's what I was know. about to say, too. Yeah. yeah. So it, it, is Cincinnati going to be coming in on such a high because they made it to the Super Bowl? Uh, are they going to regress at all? Because it's tough in the salary cap era to keep making noise and go back to a Super Bowl and be a contender with you know the salary cap. It, it doesn't happen very often. And if, if they do – it normally doesn't turn out well for that re- returning team. Yeah, I think that I just don't see the Steelers winning this game. No. But I mean, public perception is a big thing too. So I mean, could be a chance. Any man with two hands is a fighting chance. So, like you said, they walked into Buffalo last year. Yeah. And Buffalo is a Super Bowl contender, and last year the Steelers definitely weren't. So, no. I mean. Like, it could happen. Roberts, what do you think? I, I just don't think Dan Moore even can stand a chance against Hendrickson. He's going to abuse him all day. I think he's Trubisky's going to be running for his life. Uh, I mean, I've been looking at it recently. Six and a half. I, I, I might just go up to ten. I don't think it's. I don't think the game's close. That's what I thought too. Like touchdown on a field yeah. goal. Honestly, I just don't. I don't think Najee gets started. I don't think. Trubitsky even throws for over 200. I I don't I think they're gonna start 0 and 1, and it's it's gonna be ugly. Yeah, yeah. So that's the spread. What about uh, the over under set at like 44 and a half? Yeah. Are you taking the over or the under there? You got. I'd take the over. You know I what I mean? I, mean? I think I think since he could put up yeah, since he could put it up themselves. Yeah. Put up you know 30. I, mean? I could see could. him putting up 30, and then the Steelers. I don't even know if they'd score two touchdowns. They'd touchdown and a field goal, maybe. I can see Cincy putting up 35 easy, you know what I mean? But it's yeah. all perception, like you said. That's why they go and play the game. It's any given Sunday. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, just a matter of principle, too. I refuse to bet the under. So I, I want to see, if, you know, if I'm if I'm throwing that down, I want to see some fireworks. That's yeah. what I'm rooting for. I'll refuse to bet the under. Unless it's like an Army Navy game or something like that, where it could end ten seven, or if it's or if it's or if it's Iowa apparently this week, what seven yeah, to three? Seven if you go on a couple safeties, Big Ten football, it's back. Or weather, or weather too. You yeah. get all those snow games, or uh, what was it last year? Buffalo, uh, New England. Whenever it was like windy snow, and they just ran the ball the whole game. Yeah. 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 Well, there was that Steeler game years and years ago. Uh, they played Miami. It was like a monsoon. Yeah, the mud bowl. Yeah. The mud so, bowl. I mean, anything could happen, but it's it's not going to – I don't see the forecast, you know, affecting the game too, too much. No. Uh, it, it, we're still in September, beginning yeah, of September. September. You know, they're they're right over there in Ohio. They, they get pretty much the same weather we do. I don't see the weather being a factor. So, yeah, it, it's going to be – the, the the only weather it's going to be is Joe Burrow raining bombs on that secondary, and we'll we'll see what they're made of. And same with that defensive line if Joe Mixon starts carving them up. I mean, if they get to Burrow early, maybe that'll you know shake things up a bit. But do you see that happening? No, no, no. I mean, and, you, go ahead, go ahead, Watts. Uh, like the problem is like they're not going to get to Burrow. This offensive line. You know, it's all on paper, but it's way better than what they've had the past couple years for Burrow. And if you look at the Steelers secondary, they don't have a true like cornerback one. one. You have Cam, 
Cam Sutton, Levi Wallace, Akella Witherspoon, which those are the kind of guys you would want to guard. You know, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. That's a yeah, that's a pretty yeah. fair matchup. But Jamar Chase is in Cincinnati. So that drop off, <laughs> that that drop off, I'm not looking forward to that at all. I I don't think that the Steelers secondary, as good as Minka is, as solid as they are, when you have a you know, you're facing a roster that has Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd as your top three right there, you're in for some trouble. Yeah. Darrell Revis is not walking through that door. Yeah. You, you don't have you don't have anybody locked down like that. You know, no Stephon Gilmore's nothing like that. So you know, I wanted to give the Reeves shout out. A lot of Pitt fans here. You know, half the half the screen's blue and gold right now. So <laughs> yep. I, you know, wanted to give that out. But no, I just don't think they have. They don't match up well on paper. I think against Cincinnati is what it comes down to. Yeah, I think even just going off the preseason games that we saw, especially in the Jacksonville game, what uh, Lawrence was able to do, and I think uh, Burrow's better than Lawrence. He has more weapons too, especially during a season game too, regular season. I think we're going to kind of see a reflection of that. That uh, was it the second preseason game. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's a that was a little bit of foreshadowing of what's to come uh, next Sunday. But that's all I got on the Steelers. I'm not too hopeful for next week. I'm going in. Uh, I don't know. I might contradict myself here, but it's an AFC North matchup, and anything could happen. You know what I mean? Uh, unless you're the Browns. I mean, for the past twenty yeah. years. I mean. Even look at them, them, them teams like uh, when Baltimore would be out of the playoffs and they'd come and they'd play Pittsburgh tight, you know, or Cincinnati would give Pittsburgh a run. So anything can happen. It's an AFC North matchup and it's going to be nasty, but I don't, I just don't see it going Steelers way. No. I just think the whole rivalry thing, it's about to be renewed because all these rosters are kind of flipped too. Like Big Ben's gone. So like those guys of the rivalry before. I think it's like gonna renew since be a couple of years until we get those heated battles again, though. Because both teams are pretty young. Yeah. Even if you go over to the Ravens and even the Browns, so, all those yeah. teams are young too. Yeah. Like those big names that we're used to, like Pac-Man Jones, like guys like that, Joe Flacco, you know, perfect. Like those guys are perfect. Or AB is yeah. not in the rivalry. No. Like all the guys we look for in the rivalry, like there's just not those matchups that you really see anymore, where you got to see like a good scrap, you know. Yeah, I mean the biggest rivalry in the AFC North now is probably Deshaun Watson versus Massage Parlors. That's probably the number one in the AFC North right now. <laughs> You're so, not wrong. It was Get all of them paper towel holders for a long time. It was. It was. Yeah. Frosted tips. <laughs> or offensive coordinators in Tequila Cowboy. That's another one too. <laughs> but uh, that's all I got on Steelers. Uh, what about you guys? Anything else? Before we move on to the big topic, I guess what everyone's been waiting for. Backyard brawl, baby. Uh, Roberts, take it away. What, what was going on down there? What was the energy? Robert, did you get there? We get there, we get there about mm, 11, 30, 12 o'clock. It was uh, pretty dead so far. There was a stupid roll. 2 o'clock was opening for the tailgates and everything. So we're walking around. Perception is... All week, 75-25, it came out that it was going to be 75-25 West Virginia fans down there. It's Now looking back at it, I don't know who put that stat out, but uh, uh, they probably went to West Virginia because they can't add. But um, (laughs) it was was good. It was a great game. It was a rivalry game. It was everything that's been hyped up here for the last six, seven months when it got announced. So, 
But honestly, I think it's the game of the weekend. There's a lot of football this yeah. weekend. That was definitely the game yeah. of the weekend. There's a lot of good football this weekend, yeah. too. Honestly. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there was, but like the backyard brawl lived up to, you know, MJ Devonshire, the Whipple kid, pick whips. six to win the game. Yeah. Like yeah. that puts you in backyard brawl lore right there. Yes. And when you like when you look at there was a lot of good football. But it wasn't the games that, like, we thought would be good. Like, I think Ohio State-Notre Dame was a letdown of a game. I thought, yeah, it, that was not good. Um, Oregon, Georgia, I don't think, yeah. woke up for that game against Georgia, 49-3. No. to uh, Bo Nix, he's the, he's the SEC now, Pac, whatever, 10, 12, 15. He's the Sean <laughs> Clifford. He's the, Sean, he's the Sean Clifford. I'll get to that later. But... <laughs> The backyard brawl lived up to the hype. That yeah. was easily the best game of the weekend. Easily. So it's easy for it to live up to the hype whenever it hasn't happened in 11 years. That was the last backyard brawl. 11 years ago. I was a senior in high school when that happened. 2011. So, I mean, I was pumped to see it back. Let's see what happens next year. I'm glad it's back. It should be played every year. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the universities are, what, 78 miles apart. Yeah. Hence, it's in your backyard. Uh, I'm I'm pumped that it's back, and I think it's it's good for college football. Even you hear all these realignment talks and and different uh, conferences, and well, if they this this team goes here and this team, it's it should be written that Pitt plays West Virginia every year. Excuse yeah. me. I think it should have been it should be played later in the year. Uh, yeah. Maybe when it's a little more stakes involved. Uh, but to open this year it was phenomenal. It was it was absolutely electric. It was everything everybody wanted. Uh, I had to listen to it. But Billy Hillgrove, I I, I was getting goosebumps just hearing Billy Hillgrove just yelling, ranting, and raving, especially on that pick six. And he might have been a little tuned up. Let me. Uh, he, he was he was going off. Some he was, was in his coffee cup. Yeah, he was a little sideways and beside himself by a few of those calls uh, yeah. by the officials. No. I think- Good. Oh, I say I'm a firm believer that like Pitt West Virginia should play every year. I think Penn State Pitt West Virginia should play each other every year. I, that would be awesome. You know, I just can, yeah, getting those local rivalries back would be phenomenal. Like I could get behind that, but it it almost seems like Penn State doesn't ever want to play Pitt, but West yeah. Virginia always wants to play Pitt, and Pitt always wants to play West Virginia. Pitt wants to play Penn State every year. I'll tell you Those that. You, yeah. You, oh yeah. You, yeah. You you talk to any. Pitt fan, they'd love to play Penn State. It's yeah. it's almost because they feel like they're forgotten in the shadow of Penn State. We're in the same state, you know. We're only a you know few. Uh, how far is it? A couple hours away. Yeah. You know, it's not. It, 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 it's you're still in close proximity, but it it almost feels like Penn State thinks they're better than Pitt. Even on paper, we don't have to play you on the field. We don't want to play you. West Virginia, it don't matter if, you know, they're number two in the nation or if they're 200th in the nation. They want to play Pitt because it's always yeah. nasty. It's kind of like an AFC North matchup, you know what I mean? You know yeah. that they're you're going to get their best, and they're going to get up for that game. Yeah, Just like as a Penn State fan, that sucks because I would love for them to play Pitt every year. That's something that should yeah. be happening regardless. Agreed. And yeah. the fact that, like, most Penn State fans have that attitude where, you know, they think they're above, like, Pitt, West Virginia. Like, look at your look at your record from the past few years. You're not above anybody. Literally, you're not. Yeah. You're a middle of the pack team. Yeah. And I'll be the first one to say that. I'm not the one. You know, I'm not gonna come in here and say, 
you know, they're they're a college for they're a top ten lock every year. They're not. I yeah. think James Franklin is a phenomenal oh, recruiter. He still has to prove himself. I mean, he has, you know, he had the one Big Ten championship against Wisconsin, but he hasn't consistently competed with Ohio State. Yeah. He had a good streak against Michigan, but if you want to be the pinnacle of the Big Ten, you have to beat Ohio State, which they've done, I think, one time under his tenure, and that was off the block field goal. Marcus Allen blocked the field goal. Yeah. Grant Haley returned that. I I don't think they're above that at all. And, you know, that kind of attitude just sucks. I would love for them to play Pitt every year. That's a rivalry mm. that needs to be brought back because that was a rivalry before we were even alive. That yes. was – and then, you know, us growing up at our age, we never really got to see that Pitt-Penn State rivalry up until, you know, a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yeah. They need to bring that back. Yeah, really we never got to experience times, that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. As a fan of Penn State, like, I'd love to see them play Pitt every single year. And, like, the fact that I've only got to see it four times, I think it's kind of a scam. Especially whenever we'd want to see a game, we'd have to go three hours to go watch a game. Like, they come to Pittsburgh, we're driving half an hour, and we're going to see a Penn State game. And, like, yeah. I can see what their mentality is. It is a stupid mentality that they're thinking they're punching down by playing Pitt and that they have more to lose than to gain from that. But I think it's good for both sides. It's good for both fan bases, especially from a Penn State fan that would live in this area. Like, you'd want to see that happen. Like, yeah, like they just br- they just brought back a series with Syracuse, you know that you know you know in years. What does that get you? What does oh we're gonna play Villanova this year non-conference? The, that's just dumb. In the Syracuse one was like every team puts cupcake schools like Rhode Island, Pitt is yeah. Rhode Island this year, Penn State Villanova. But Syracuse, when you sign up to do a series with that, makes zero sense when you could be playing Pitt. That is just ducking Pitt and not wanting to play them because you may you know you may lose. And all you may look bad and it'll hurt recruiting. You can lose to Syracuse too. You know, if you're you could lose any game you play. Yeah. It's not like any game's guaranteed. Yeah, I don't you know, that was what irritated me. I don't care about Syracuse. As a Penn State fan, they're not even on the top fifty of teams I'd want to start a rivalry with or play every, you know, three, four years. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Like I don't want to see them Go ahead, Ryan. I don't want to see them play Ohio U. Like I don't care about that. Like, put in, like, Pitt or something, you know? Give so, all these spots. Two points to that. I think it, it would help have that rivalry on your schedule because whenever college football is looking at it, like, oh, well, what's your strength of schedule? Because a lot of it comes out of strength of schedule. But I yeah. think that they don't want to because they want to save themselves for Ohio State, for Michigan, for Michigan State. But then you don't come up and get – you don't win those games, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and then that's, I, yeah, exactly it. I also think if you bring that rivalry back, you got two Pitt guys here. You got two Penn State guys here. You have a little bit of friendly competition yeah. between, you know, you got bragging rights too. Because at the end of the year, if I just say, oh, well, Pitt's ranked higher. And then you could just say, well, they didn't play. So Penn State's the better team. We played yeah. in a, a harder conference or whatever. But I think Pitt is relevant enough now and winning an ACC championship, um, playing in the ACC championship for the second time under Pat Narduzzi, you know, getting the bigger bowl games, that Penn State should look to put them on the schedule because it it's a quality game for, for the fact yeah. of if you win that game, your strength of schedule is great. Even if you lose that game and Pitt finishes pretty well, you're still looking good for your strength of schedule. Especially with what the news that came out yesterday was it the day before about them expanding the college football playoff to 12 yeah. teams. That would even look better. You know, it's not yeah. going to hurt you. 
it, you know, it's more reward than risk. Yeah. I feel whenever it goes to 12 teams, that's yeah, that's one way I look at it. I think it's working towards that, though, where they're going to have to, you know, put them on the schedule more consistently. But I don't know. Do you think that teams want a game like that just once a year? I don't know, because it looks like they're just focused on like the Pitt West Virginia thing right now. And do you think once that like, say, three years from now, that's done, do you think they'll add Penn State again? And then when that's done, they'll switch back to West Virginia. Or like, what do you think about that? The schedules are already like the schedules are already made up to like 2030. Yes. So even if you wait three years, it'll still be like 10 years till you play Penn State again. That's the dumb part. That's that even, you know, they're not going to have that opportunity unless they shuffle schedules around or they drop somebody or, you know, something like that. It's not going to come back for a while. That's that's the crappy part of it. And I think that's why I don't really mind Pitt either is because like, if I was a Penn State fan and I watch him play Pitt every year, I'd hate I'd hate Pitt. But I really don't have a hate for Pitt that the older guys that I always hear talk about it, like, hate it. Like, when they first played, it was, like, kind of surreal, you know? Like, whenever there's, like, a video game crossover or something, like, in a movie, like, it just didn't even feel real that they were playing it. It was just such a consistent thing in the past, apparently. But, I don't know, I'd really like to hate, hate Pitt more, I guess. So, like, maybe they should play it. But, like, I can't, like, hate them, you know? There's no reason to. Yeah. They never play. It's just, yeah. that's what's the older yinzers just, like, you know, yelling at a cloud at each other. Like, we don't really yell at each other about it. So, like, there's no argument. Like, what do we have to argue about? Yeah. And go, go ahead, Ryan. I, I mean, it's just, I think, well, going back to that, they added – it came out on ACC uh, Media Day too. It's added four more years now, so it's 2030s, the last year that the backyard like brawl will be played, which is which is good in the same sense of matter of. But you need now stronger schedules to make the 12 team because now, like it came out, you get six six the Power Five conferences gets one automatic bid, and then six bids given to people so at large yeah yeah you look at a team like cincinnati last year who did they play last year until week 12 yeah. you know what i mean you got it it's it's sad to see because you you also lose a ton of money as college foot like as programs playing rhode island you lose playing villanova you lose a ton of money and would I like to see it? I, I mean, I you're coming for me. You know me. I you guys can stand Pitt. I can't stand Penn State. I just uh, we'll keep it PG. You know what I mean? Like it's just it's it sucks. It, it sucks. You, you, you did younger. attend. You were in Beaver Stadium last year, though. And let's I did not, not cheer let's once. Not gloss, so. Let's not gloss over the fact you I think were in Penn cheer. State game last year. I think it's easier for Penn State fans or Pitt fans to hate Penn State than it is for Penn State fans to hate Pitt. Because if I, if I was a Pitt fan in Robert's shoes, like they said, Penn State fans, they always think they're better than, you know, everybody else. So, like, that's just the stereotype. I'm not saying that I think, like, no. I don't think one's better than the other, depending on the season, I guess. But um, I could see coming from, like, a, yeah. like, the mentality of thinking they're better that – it's easier for a Pitt fan to hate Penn State. but I'm going to back up Ryan here because I'm the same way. I despise Penn State. And it's 
really, really simple if you ask me why. I always felt like they ducked Pitt for years. I know Pitt played in the Big East, and you know they weren't all that in the Big East. They're always losing to Cincinnati and stuff like that. But when they went to the ACC, I thought maybe this is a chance for them to play Penn State because I never got to see it. And I always felt like they were getting ducked. And they, they always, I always felt like that Penn State always thought they were better than Pitt, no matter what. Like, you, you don't want to go prove it on the field. I always felt like they were ducking them. I can't stand Penn State. And that's, that's the only reason why. Now, I can respect that you sit here and you say that you don't hate Pitt. I understand that. That's fine. You, you, you really don't have a reason. You weren't the ones being ducked. You know what I mean? We were the ones yeah, being ducked, right. I felt like. Yeah. But that's just me being a Pitt fan, a huge Pitt fan, have been for, for forever. And, and I was happy when those when that game came back because Will Salem, ginormous Penn State fan, right? The first year they played it, we had a little bet. Pitt ended up beating Penn State. And then uh, he had to be, take the punishment. He had to, I got a whole Pitt get up for him. I took a picture of him. He had to have it on his social media. But I feel like that kind of hurt in the rivalry because Penn state, I always felt like if they would have lost any, what they play three or four times. I think it was three, like three, 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 three. So if I think if Penn state beats Pitt all three times, I think they renew that rivalry and, and, and get it on the schedule later down the road. But since Pitt did beat them that one time, I just feel like that, that hurts it. But back to your point, Andrew, that the schedules are all made up for like 20 till 2030. Um, I was looking at them. There's spots on both schedules yeah. and even West Virginia. All three of them could play. There's there's enough openings that you could get yeah. all three of them, you know, but Penn State doesn't want it. Ultimately, that's what it comes down to. I mean, something I think that all four of us can agree on is that we just hate Ohio State either way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. We, we can all agree on if that. If I had to hear OH one more freaking time last night. I'd rather was going to pull that pocket hat over his head. <laughs> Yeah, that's. I got some uh, some notes here from the from the game. I think uh, you, a lot of people didn't like Keaton Salovas' performance. Uh, I think he's going to perform way better next week. Uh, come uh, Tennessee, I think he needed to feel what this area was about and what these fans could bring and what an atmosphere like this was. And uh, offensive line didn't help him out that much, which is crazy because coming from a fifth-year, mostly six-year seniors, which is crazy because going into the season, I had that as my number two uh, position as there as a top ten. So um, I think next week we'll say a lot of what this team's about. And already opening up as a four-point underdog at home to a team you beat last year, which nobody gave you any credit for, is crazy to me. But there's also a couple injuries as well that we, if I, if you guys looked down and uh, I saw Rodney Hammond who had a big game, yeah, Thursday night injured. They say he's good to go for next Saturday, but. Narduzzi's always the type of guy to say, hey, wait a week. You, you'll get back out next week with the depth. But I I didn't see the depth come out of that last game last on uh, Thursday night. Izzy, everybody talked. I I was high on Izzy. I was, he looked bad. Yeah. He, week one, yeah. 
uh, week one of the podcast, I said he might have a chance for Heisman. That may be that might be the bad beat of the year. That's mm-hmm. uh, was there any word on what happened to Deslin Alexandre? I know he looked like a wrist, but I didn't hear anything. Yeah, I didn't was, see anything after that. He was in an air cast, I think, in the, on the sidelines. But and we said that the one day, I think it was two weeks ago. Air cast never good. That's no. not. I uh, hey, I can confirm an air cast. Is, uh, <laughs> air cast is never good. So, uh, but <laughs> the best thing about them is I think Pitt has a great young, hungry side of the, uh, the defensive side with Day and Hayes, with some younger guys that I think could step in and take his spot, which John Morgan, shout out to John Morgan. He talked all the smack all week. He's been talking it for three months, finally came out. And the two people I went down to the game with, we both said the same thing. Uh, John Morgan looked like the only player that wanted to be out there for the first three quarters. Which so, is crazy. Right. Ryan, I wanted to ask you, since you talked about the offensive line real quick, yeah. uh, do you think that that offensive line was kind of hidden away their weaknesses because of Kenny last year? Because uh, that's what I feel like. Yeah. Kenny Kenny kind of made plays on his own and kind of, you know, yeah. and, 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 you know, kind of hid how bad that offensive line was because all I all you heard all week was – Pitt's offensive line and Pitt's defensive line, they're going to control the line of scrimmage. So that's why I thought it was going to be a blowout. And then you come out, and it was the exact opposite. Uh, West Virginia controlled both both sides of the ball there at, at the line of scrimmage. So I just wanted to ask you if, if that's what you saw. If, you know, because I know you said you didn't want Slovis to come out and be Kenny Pickett. Yeah. He needs to, he needs to be his own person. But does he kind of need to? kind of be like Kenny and, and, and kind of hide that weakness of the offensive line yeah. if it is that weak? Yeah, the, the I will say the tackles didn't look good. Carter Warren, who your captain is, he he, he got beat pretty bad. And the other guy, they, they had a rotation in the start of the second uh, second quarter, which they went back to the starter in the third. But he Slovis isn't as mobile as Kenny, which, is, which people are trying to say the knock is, and which Nick Patty is, which uh, – Every Slovis got sacked there in the second quarter three times, and you thought the uh, place was going to explode. Everybody wanted Nick Patty in there, which is crazy. But I think Slovis is as mobile enough to get where he needs to be. He, like you saw, he had a couple great runs, got out of the pocket. But Ken, Ken, <clears throat> Kenny was different. Kenny, for four years, was real tentative. You know what I mean? He took the sacks. And then he finally, year five, took off. Do I see Slovis doing that? No, I see him finally airing the ball out, which another thing that people hated, Frank Signetti, running the ball a ton on every first down. 17 straight first downs, it was a run play, mm-hmm. which I don't know. It, I, I think, uh-huh. like I said, I think, I think next Saturday it's going to be completely different. I think – but the thing that a lot of people don't realize is week one's usually cupcakes. You come out, vanilla, yeah. run, run the ball 75, 80%, and hopefully you get a couple first downs. Here, every it looked like every play was out of the bag for Pitt. You you got everything you, out on the table. You got to see what worked. You got to see what didn't work. And hopefully this week, Narduzzi steps up and coaches a great game on, on Saturday. Yeah. 
There's no preseason yeah. in college football. No. It's not like the NFL where you get to like see what works for three weeks and you know. So I could see that getting slow to start up. But what I saw from Slovis was he didn't really have good pocket presence. That's what I thought. He thought he had all the time in the world. And yeah, like bro. usually what was happening was the guys were just coming up behind him. And he just didn't move well out or like see when the pocket was collapsing or anything. Yeah. He he took a lot of he took a lot of sacks, which there's is three hundred yards though. Three oh eight, yeah. Yeah. So there's 16 for 20. So like before we go to the Penn State game, there's one aspect of the backyard brawl that was brought up. Um, A well-known Pittsburgh figure in West Virginia gear. Did anybody happen to see that? I know Ryan's chomping at the bit to uh, go after this guy. Pittsburgh dad. Take it away. Pittsburgh dad. Pittsburgh dad. In West Virginia gear. I was unaware. Keep in mind, he blocked me on Twitter years ago, and I was on a little rant here. He is the worst Pittsburgh figure there is. Just the lamest, most generic impressions that guy does. Cannot stand him. He blocked me for no reason, just fueling the fire in me. So whenever I saw him in West Virginia gear, I was like, all right, it is time for the masses to turn on this guy. Let's get him out of here. You, you know, can't be Pittsburgh dad with West Virginia yeah, gear. You can't be Yo, that loser can hold the L. Loser. You, you know, you know what he is? A jag. He's a dirt ball. That's what he is. You don't do that as a as a Pittsburgh area person. Yeah. Don West Virginia gear. You got to be. That's like an idiot of the week lock for for yeah. that. Honestly, that that yeah. might be. Yeah. You be a West Virginia fan in Pittsburgh. I don't care. But whatever you claim, you're like the Pittsburgh I'll dad, be. though. Yeah. Yeah. You're that's you're, you're, you're a, a figure like, a, like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. I know uh, back in high school, my offensive line coach, and he was our strength and conditioning coach too, Steve Pearson, he was a West Virginia guy, and I couldn't stand him. I, I loved Coach P, like, as a person, but when it was, like, football time, like, college football, couldn't stand him because I, I can't stand West Virginia. I cannot. T- go burn another couch. <laughs> Uh, I'm just I'm just glad uh, our podcast member made it out of the belly of the beast in one yeah. piece. I don't I don't know, know, I almost, about about. Yeah, I almost give, didn't. Uh, give I any mean, comments? I, I can't say that what I want to say, but I, Pittsburgh police gave me a warning. I I mean I know I know what I did. My whole section knows what I did. I hopefully next week's different. That's all I could say. I thought you said they got the wrong guy. It wasn't. That's what I heard. They did. They got the wrong guy, but I can't speak on it. Back to blue. <laughs> Good call. Good call. Okay. Uh, All right. So Pete Pitt squeaks out a win. Uh, was it 38-31, right? 30-31? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Questionable no reversal of the touchdown call. Or no, there was never a touchdown call. Was it? No, that was. Was the game? The, the big. The big controversy is how gutless the wvu coach is for not going on that fourth in like two inches yeah, yeah. Pitt, Pitt hasn't been able to stop your running back he's got what seven attempts for 125 yards yeah and leading up to that you deserve and to lose it you exactly it. You gutless spineless and a rivalry game nonetheless exactly because what's the worst that's going to happen you turn the ball over there and you got it Slovis has to go 48 yards, 50 yards to score a touchdown. Oh, well, we wanted him to go. They punted it down to the eight. We wanted him to go 92, uh, 92 yards to score a touchdown. Well, he did. 
you know, yeah, and six of seven on that drive. Yeah, you know, five of five. Really? Yeah, loser, five of five. Loser call, loser call. You know, you make a yes. loser call like that. Spineless. You accept the consequences, especially week one. What's that say? You're not ready. You know. And in a rivalry game, like you're just saying, like we, I don't trust. You're because his his defense was, well, I trusted my defense. Okay, you, you don't, don't trust your office. you don't trust your running back that hasn't been stopped. He was averaging, I think, seven seven and a half yards a carry to that point. I mean, come on now. He, he's the Bob Nutting of West Virginia, a loser. Yeah, I'll say that Neil Brown, loser. Yes. loser call, loser mentality. Yep, loser everything. Uh, I can take you home, country roads. That's all. <laughs> yeah. But all right. that's it. Go ahead, Penn State guys. Before we move on, oh, all right, let's go. Penn State, uh, Andrew, you called it trap game. So it was looking out to shake out like 35 31. Penn State actually won, which I was getting vocal. TV had some choice words for, for <laughs> me, but uh, my the, the Twitter fingers were pretty heavy. Uh, Thursday night, I yeah, cannot stand Sean Clifford. This is I am dubbing this the anti Sean Clifford podcast officially <laughs> after watching him. <laughs> I, I literally came up and then people were like, he accounted for five touchdowns in the game. Yeah, he accounted for three of Purdue's. The guy's a shitter. <laughs> He's an absolute shitter. It's his sixth year, and they're still talking about him learning lessons on the field. What more can you learn? I mean, the the, the just the cherry on top was the end of the game. Mitchell Tinsley wide open. He airmails it by 50 feet. He returned for a pick six, and then the dude's puking in the end zone. Like, you should be embarrassed. He should have cleaned that up in the end zone. I would have sent him out there. So throw some sawdust on there, clean it up, and then go back out. Tinsley wouldn't have caught that guy. ball if he had two of him on his shoulders and one was dropping. Yeah. Uh, like he could look like the little rascals trying to get into a movie on the trench coat, you know, one on top of the other. He still wouldn't have caught it. It was the worst throw I've ever seen in, in college football. I, I, was, I was flabbergasted watching this guy play. And then the fact that he, he leads a drive to win the game. That's just what chaps my ass right there because everyone's like, oh, we got to keep starting him. Drew Alar came in, five-star freshman, looked great in his first drive. He had a he had a dime to Tyler Warren that was dropped and stopped the drive. But his yeah. ceiling is so much higher than Sean Clifford's. I don't care that his brother Liam's on the team. I, the fact that there's two of them on that team is just, oh, I I, I don't know. I don't like yeah. – he makes Trace McSorley look like Johnny Unitas. That's what, <laughs> I mean, that's what he, that's what he does. Uh, you know, McSorley was a good player. Like, you know, his arm was a little, uh, he could run, you know, his, his accuracy. Sean Clifford and his sixth year, I cannot, I cannot emphasize it enough. And I, I honestly don't care. You, as James Franklin, should be putting the best quarterback with the highest ceiling that gives your team, you know, a chance to win. If, if Sean Clifford was at Ohio State, he'd be mopping up the urinals. He wouldn't even be on the sidelines. He wouldn't I mean, be on the scout team. Yeah, I, I mean, big programs, I, I'll say it, credible programs, Ohio State, Alabama, the top tier, they are never running a guy like that out on the field. No. That is what's going to separate Penn State from getting up top. A Muppet at quarterback, rant over. I'm done with this guy. If, I was done with him yeah. I was done with him four years ago. If you're a school like Penn State, you should never have a quarterback for six years because that means you're not good enough to go to the next level. So, like, yeah, I, know, I understand it's like a COVID year or whatever, but – this guy stinks, brother. Like, jeez. <laughs> I can't stand him either. Kenny Pickett was the exception because that's like, you know, that. how often does that happen? You know, a guy being there five, six years, going first round, 
turn it around like Kenny Pickett did. Like that's a great story, but that's not something that happens every year. No. And Sean, if Sean Clifford thinks that's the route he's taken, uh, the fan controlled football league may even be a little too high for your standards. Wow. I'll, I'll go that wow. far. Uh, there's no he way he'll play flag football. He, he can sniff an NFL field. field. He will not sniff an NFL field. There's no no, no chance. No. But um, no. I honestly think he's the worst Penn State quarterback of my lifetime. Think of you can't. I can't think of any worse. I mean, they had Anthony Morelli, which was way back when, but even he wasn't as bad. I mean, they they've had back. Like average quarterbacks. Zach Mills, Hackenberg. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. McGloin. He's the worst. McGloin. He's. I'd rather he the makes worst. Matt McGloin look like Peyton Manning. Jesus. I mean, I don't get it. I I, I don't think you're on understand. one. I I, I have been waiting since Thursday night. It has been stewing. And just brewing. I'm rhyming now. I don't know what's going on. It feels like a fever dream, but I just need to, yeah. you know, like un- unleash you know, this because it's it's uh, it's been bubbling now. Uh, going from that, I was gonna say your boy looked good though. Yeah. Your favorite player on the team, JPJ. He did. Yeah, they're targeting him the whole game. They're picking yeah. on him. JPJ picking on him, but he had Purdue got to learn. Yeah. You don't you don't pick on Peasy. They they learn pretty quick. He had what like. Nine eight, passes broken eight up tackles, in the game. Eight eight yeah, three, three, three pass deflections. Yeah. yeah, the one at the key moment right. too, at the at last drive, the right yeah. turn. Yeah, but uh, the other, they, the didn't, they didn't. They didn't shoot Peasy in West Lafayette. That's what happened. <laughs> they didn't. It wasn't <laughs> Denver. Bad, bad news for you, Boilermakers. It ain't Denver. What about the wide receiver? The number three was his. What's his name? Parker Washington. Uh, he he is quiet. I think he's a little quiet. Yeah, that, Mitchell Tinsley, that transfer, he he's yeah. gonna be the guy. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. For 84 yards. Yeah. yeah. And here's another note I had. We said last week where like the line is not going to look good. The line looked fine. The offensive mm-hmm. line did not look bad at all. The running backs looked good for the most part. Singleton, I think, is going to be the best of the three. I don't know. He looked the best to me. What do you see? They Andrew? they need to ditch. They need to ditch that committee. He was running, you know, yeah. five star. I think he's the top running back that they've you know brought in. PA Player of the Year. Look phenomenal, and then they do the stupid rotation where they, you know, you shouldn't. If you want to have a third down back, you know, that's fine. Maybe sprinkle some guys in, but you get a guy running like that, and get him in a rhythm, and just ride with him. There's no point in bringing, you know, Katron Allen look fine too. And don't get me wrong, like it's not like they're bad running backs by any stretch of the imagination. But if you have one running back that's playing really well, ride him. Mix a guy in on third down. Maybe give, you know, he needs a breather. Mix somebody else in, but don't do the, you know. Don't run them for the first couple series and then barely run them the rest of the game. You know, that just doesn't make sense to me. I get what you're trying to do. But if you have that stud running back, which what Nick Singleton's looking like, just roll with them. Don't overthink it. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, like, that's why we were surprised, like, going back to Pitt. Rodney Hammond, Narduzzi's never been like that. You you throw in Vincent Davis last year. You know what I mean? Vincent yeah. Davis didn't see the field on Thursday night. You yep. saw Rodney Hammond, and you saw Rodney Hammond. That's you, you, mm-hmm. the cowbell. If he's getting it done, throw him out there. Yeah, yeah, yep, absolutely. He, every time Billy Hillgrove would talk about him, he was he was turning extra yards. What was not going down on first contact, and then yet is he out there? Who who was? You know what I mean? Getting he's stacked up in the backfield. Yeah, he wouldn't. Yeah. So, but I I see what you mean yeah. by yeah. by by that though, Mots, because, I mean, you can't get a guy warmed up 
You know, you yeah. need yeah. To, you need to take a couple hits. You know, you need to you need to feel that contact and feel the speed of the game. And then you do that. Like, let's say I get two series here. It says he got Singleton, right? Got nine yeah. carries yeah. for 22 yards. You're only giving me you're giving me nine touches. That's it. I'm just getting warmed up. Let me let me start busting them. You know what I mean? You know, yeah, there's there's runners State, that get stronger yeah. as the game goes on. Yeah, they have four running backs that are pretty good. You know, you have the two freshmen, Singleton Allen, Kevon Lee, who had the touchdown to win the game off the pass from Clifford, Devin Ford, Noah Kane transferred to LSU, Keziah Holmes went to Florida State. So they had six running backs that were starting, you know, starting if not running back two quality. I get what you're trying to do and keeping everybody happy, but at the same time, you're there to win games. You're there to get a guy in a rhythm. Mm-hmm. You know, don't overthink it. Don't, you know, you can't make everybody happy. And I'm, I'm not in the locker room. I don't know, you know, who's happy, who's not. But it kind of seems like that when you're doing the rotation of three, four guys in the game that, you know, how, how do you get somebody in a rhythm? It doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. I don't know. All in all, though, not a fun game to watch, really. I didn't enjoy it no. uh, just because I, they should have won that game, and they did, but they just looked horrible. But next week, Ohio U, right? Yeah, oh, the yeah. the Bobcats are coming to the town. Point spread's twenty seven. Yeah, I will. So not. like, I don't. I will not be touching that with a ten foot pole, as Dan likes to say. Yep. And, yeah. and I don't. And like, I don't. I don't think Penn State looked bad. You know, they have a lot of turnover. Like I was talking about on defense. Uh, some of the younger guys getting their feet wet, but I just think it's Sean Clifford stinks. It starts at the top, and yeah. he can be my scapegoat. You can come after me and defend him, and if you want to defend them be my guest but that's a fool's errand at this point and i will tear you down just like i tore down all the carolina panther fans that were in my mentions a couple weeks ago matt corral goes down sam darnold goes down and i have some yokel from down in the boonies of north carolina telling me oh mason rudolph couldn't back someone up on a peewee team pj walker's better i didn't even reply to him there was no point in wasting any brain cells <laughs> on that guy on that guy you know just just I was going to nominate for idiot of the week, but I'm like, yeah, you, you're in North Carolina. You clearly have no concept of football. Uh, I'll just let you go. That was my good deed of the week. I had to make myself feel good <laughs> by not just picking that guy apart on social media. So, yeah. you know, I don't want to, I don't want to say anything, but kudos to myself. Uh, you know, yeah. he, he's welcome. Good job. So that's all on Penn State for the week. Uh, we'll recap next week's game on Sunday. Uh, moving on, the local Andrew, dumpster fire. Local dumpster fire, right? So, Andrew, you want to start with this one or no? No comment on these guys? Um, uh, this is where I'll be tuning out. So, <laughs> someone, someone ring a bell. I'm not wasting any breath on a team that uh, is run by Bob Nutting, gets one win in the past week, and just overall, if you want to pitch for the Pirates, the the slogan should be, if you have a pulse, you can pitch for the Pirates at this point. You you, The only people that aren't eligible to pitch for the Pirates is if you're legally dead. That's the only people. I think they'll take anybody in the bullpen at this point. Put a mirror under their nose, it fogs up, throw them in the pen. They're that, they're that bad. They're that bad. It's they're bad. terrible. They're not good. I'll be tuning out. Bring, 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 bring me back. Guys from Presby to play for them. Yeah. Right from a lifelight into the bullpen. So, Pirates, here's the notes I have. Oof. That's one of my notes. Oof. That's how bad yeah. they are. Yeah. One in five week again. Last week they were one and five. I didn't have to change that note in my notes section, so that that means they're two and ten the past two weeks. That's terrible. not good. Uh, 
The only bright spot I'd say, Cruz looks like he's heating up. Uh, I mean, he looks like he's hitting better. I don't know. Uh, most of their games are losing late, so after the starter comes in. So, Jack Salinci's back. Yeah. Uh, so that's 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 nice. Great catch if today. Guys back. Great catch, yep. I'd, I'd be excited if it was July when he should have been yeah. up here. Still up here. Paid the guy a little bit of money, but yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, but this week they got the Mets and the Cardinals, so uh, probably another one in five week if we're lucky. Maybe 0 They six. won't win a game against the Mets. Yeah. They won't win. No, no. I mean, they just Probably got swept by Toronto, right? Yeah. 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 4-0, 4-1, 4-3. Yeah, and, uh, you leave. Andrew's boy had a big day today. Van Meter. Oh, oh, did Josh Van Meter uh, actually hit a baseball today? Yep. Oh, I'll play two, the lottery. I'll play two lottery. Run double. So. Well, hit the Powerball. I will say this. You should this. be serving Mick doubles out of a drive thru <laughs> Um, was it against Milwaukee? Mitch, yeah, Mitch Keller went six innings, gave up four hits, two earned runs. Good. Yeah, ten, ten, ten Ks. Uh, they think he's he's molding in the form. Uh, yeah. Him, and then you're going to have Rowanzi. You're, you're still going to need – they think Mitch is going to be like a third starter, uh, which is fine, but Rowanzi is going to be your ace. You still need uh, three three other decent arms. Um, JT, they keep so him around. That's not bad. It, it, it'll, it's it's going to take some time. And I like you said earlier, Ryan, that uh, Cruz is heating up. It's just the same old, though. You know, the guy hits a ball hard. I, I – that's awesome. He's hitting 200. He's at the Mendoza line. You know what I mean? He's like 190 like last week, though. He just plays yeah. well against the Brewers, though. I get you. I understand. But it, it, he even has them wo- – and I know he's young. He still has those woes in, in the field, too. You don't know if it's going into the camera well. Like, he's uh, – not Tabado. Who's the other guy? Who played third for us? Uh, Pedro. Pedro. Yeah, Pedro. Yeah. So, you don't know if it's going into the camera well like him or, or you know, he's going to – he did make a hell of a double play. Against uh, Milwaukee to end the game, that that one that Keller pitched. So I mean, he he shows flashes. So let's keep him up here all year next year. Same with same with all them other young guys. I'm I'm tired of seeing them roll out these old guys and yeah. trying to showcase them, and then di- didn't even trade any of them. So I mean, give the young kids a, a chance here. That's all. That's all I have to say. Now I'm gonna tune out. I have not much yep. nothing nope. much else yeah. either. I have uh. I was looking at their stats. So hitting wise, Reynolds leads in literally every statistic. And then here's what's interesting. This is sad. Pitching stats. Who do you think the leader is? How many with wins? I was gonna say, Dan, you're not on the, it, the notes list. It's no, I'm not. It's somebody probably in the bullpen. Will Crow, a relief Crow, Crow yeah. leads in wins. Wow. And how many? What? Five. Five. five? Yeah. Because yeah. I know Keller say. has. I think Keller's like Keller has, four and something, yeah, right? Yeah. He's got four wins, but. That's sad. Get that banner set up. Get the banner ready for next year. Get it ready. Billy's probably buying his World Series ticket. No, we're taking the Mitch. (laughs) Next year we're taking Mitch Keller, Cy Young, Podbet. Like (laughs) he looks good in like, um, I can't remember who was doing the uh, commentary on on the radio. Neil Walker uh, and yeah, it was Neil Walker. You're right. You're right. And he just said that. His slider looked even sharper. Um, his cutter looked really good. His two seam had some movement. So let's just see what he does. I don't know if he had a start after that because they always said he comes out and he'll throw a gem, but then he'll get shelled the next game. So Like home run yeah. derby, yeah. We'll see yeah. this week. I mean, we can't. 
can't go off it this week because they play the Mets and the Cardinals. So, I mean, I mean as long we'll as Zach Thompson. We'll go off yeah. the whole season. They stink. Oh, uh, I'm, I, I, I'm going to put a referendum two minutes two minutes a week. We can roast them if they when they do <laughs> something dumb or if they have something interesting happen. But they're just, you know, it's just like the same old song and dance every week. It's like Groundhog Day with this team. They're they're awful. Uh, would, you know, would you say an unassisted triple play is pretty interesting or no? Oh, that's the most interesting thing in sports. Okay. We could. The last comment I have on the Pirates is Zach Thompson should be in a box floating down the river. That's it. <laughs> and, uh, that's that guy stinks. He stinks out loud. I, I can't just, believe that guy. Still... I love when I see that guy on the mound because I load up the old Fandle app and I just throw maybe three digits on whoever the whoever the Pirates are playing. He is so just... bad. Yeah, he's terrible. Awesome. But uh, that's all I got on the Pirates. Uh, let's move on to the Penguins. I know Dan's not up. Oh, Dan's oh, back. My apologies, boys. All right, we're moving on to the Penguins anyway. So we okay. have Penguins hockey this month. We're in the month of Penguins hockey. Preseason, I think, late September. But I probably won't watch preseason hockey, honestly. But the big news out of the Penguins is Sullivan signed an extension. Take it away, Dan. I know you want to talk about this. Yes. Yeah, so it's he's got two more years left on his current contract, and they extended him for an additional three. So he's going to be your uh, coach, head coach for the next five years, unless I mean things turn bad. But as long as you got Sid uh, at the core there, you know you're always going to be a playoff contender. So I think it would have been stupid to let him walk or you know even fire him, even if he has a down year. Um, some big things. I think that their window's not quite closed because anybody can catch fire. Anybody can put the right pieces together. So I think him at the helm, um, that really, really helps. I, I, I really believe in his system, even if his players might not buy into it all the time. He, he, he's a, he's a player's coach and he gets the most out of all, you know, even some mediocre players or some mediocre talent. He puts them in the right positions to win, uh, day or day in and day out. So, uh, he's won you two Stanley cups. So uh, I'm, I'm happy to see him back. I know a lot of people might give him grief. Uh, you, you hear that a lot in this town with different managers, uh, head coaches, uh, the local media and, and, and fans of all the major sports in this town, they, they give uh, the head coaches a lot of a hard time. I don't know if it's because they're trying to hold them to a high standard because you, you always want to win. Yeah, you always want to win. But, uh, yeah, he's he's back for minimum five more years. So unless, like I said, you know, he, he they go into the dump and it, it happens all the time. There's a lot of turnover in uh, the NHL with head coaches, but. He, he's a good one to have at the helm. Yeah, I think we've been lucky with coaches for the most part, other than Johnston. But yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, Bowsma and Sullivan—that's two solid, pretty much back to back. Yeah. So, um, I don't got anything else on the Penguins. So everybody's guys, favorite, everybody's favorite moment of the week, boys. We got idiot of the week, baby. And I have an absolute chaotic one this week. So I don't know who wants to go first, but I, I told Andrew um, the story already. It's absolute chaos. I, I, I'm going to go, but it's not something that we'll have nominated. It's just rather just a blanket statement. Um, imagine you're sitting at an Eaton Park. It's 3 o'clock in the afternoon. You're enjoying a nice meal. Bam, a Buick blowing through the wall. <laughs> Billy it, generic idiot of the week, not Billy Hillgrove. <laughs> Elderly people that think their car's in reverse 
they're leaving their three o'clock dinner and they just blow through the wall of a Eaton Park, you know, something like that. Perkins. Perkins. <laughs> Any place that offers God, the early bird yeah. special. Yeah. You're li- if you're there between the hours of like three and four thirty, you're liable to get hit by a Buick while you're sitting in the booth because you know some old person's gonna be busting through there like the Kool Aid man. I know what they're so doing. They, they want the breakfast yeah. and then the salad bar. So that, you know that's at three o'clock. They yeah. want the breakfast and yeah. the salad bar. So but they do drive through walls pretty frequently. So Yeah, it's fairly frequent at this time too. You know, I, I you see it more and more on the news of it happening. I believe it was what was it? A couple months ago, some guy did it on Wendy's out there in Cherenum. Or not Cherenum. He went he went right across the guardrail, right in oncoming traffic coming across the bridge. <laughs> oh, Jesus. First look at Oakmont Bakery. But he was looking yeah. Yeah. Really nice early. Yeah. Yeah. I mean old people, you need to stop driving through businesses and establishments. I'm just saying that right now. This is just it's more of a PSA and a warning. Stop it. Are, are we all in the same boat here? Once you hit like Let's say sixty. Seven, you should seven, have to yeah. retake your driver's test. Let's say oh, yeah. every three yeah, years. Absolutely. Okay. Oh, I'm not just for public that. safety. Everyone else <laughs> is. I'm not. Oh, Jesus. The, the, old, the elderly are. Uh, they're a menace on the road. They, 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 they are. They are. They're. They have to take that plastic rectangle from my cold dead hand. Some be behind the wheel till the day that I die. <laughs> That's a privilege, not a right. I'm telling you. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. Can't get away with that for too long. <laughs> go ahead. Who's next? <laughs> Good, Dan. I don't. All right, I got um, one. Um, so I was at work the other day, so I'm sure you guys can already guess who it is. And uh, this person come in. He was previously nominated multiple times. He was multiple <laughs> winner, um, four time winner, and wanted to tell me that I was wrong in telling you my story last week that he wasn't revving his engine. So he got big and bad, started barking at me. I wasn't revving my engine. So, so I, I. <laughs> I was walking out of the shift leader office and I turned around, kind of got a little puffed up. I was like, so I was like, you were revving your engine. I was like, cause it, he's like, I didn't even know you were behind me till we hit second street. I was like, so if you drive like that all the time, you're a Jag. So this one Rio idiot of the week, trying to bark up the wrong tree. Cause you don't want it, son. I ain't that guy. I ain't that guy. You, you, you want to come at me? We got better come correct. Cause it ain't going to happen. You ain't going to, you ain't going to appreciate that. So Rio barking up the wrong tree, idiot of the week. I, and I if easily, we need if we need any more juice for Rio being idiot of the week. Wow, we are in an Xbox party this week. <laughs> and Rio as WPXI labeled him Mario Leonard Pit fan. He, he's <laughs> he's talking. He's like, uh, oh, Pitt has their honorary captain. I don't know who some guy Dave wants that. For a Pit fan, he only knows who Dave wants <laughs> He's Pitt like such a local guy. Fan. He's like, is he an old offensive coordinator? He he was at a complete loss for its head. No, and then he tried claiming. He's like, oh well, he coached before I was even born. No, he didn't. No, Mario. no, no. He, so he, that's just to add to add to your idiot of the week. Just that's fine. Juice. Yeah, we'll just mash players. that together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's fine. And the fact that he and the fact that he was probably the first one to take a defense last night, as you guys probably saw. So, um, oh yeah, he took <laughs> Herbert and who's the other <laughs> It's all right. Ky- Did he take Kyler? No, he didn't no, take Murray. He um, took two quarterbacks. Yeah, he we'll took one late later. He's trying to take the ginger strategy, which yeah. oh geez, he, that really oh, spices up. But yeah, he's already. I'm gonna say Luke's trying to. He's trying to sell me uh, Patty Mahomes already in a package deal. I don't want it. I'll tell I you right now. Let him eat him. Yeah, I, he said. No one he said. I'll, I'll, 
he said, you enjoy watching me at 50 points a week with the two of them. I said, well, 25 of them are going to be on your bench. Yeah. You can only play one of them. Burn them. That's fine with me. Fine with me. I have a story to unpack that is absolute chaos. All right. I'm trying to, you know, it's just a Sunday morning. I'm doing my usual thing. I'm at the giant eagle, you know, the dirty bird. I'm getting my usual groceries. So I'm in the checkout. I'm getting ready to put my groceries on the thing. You know, you get the little divider. There's this kid and a mom in front of me. The kid's probably like seven or eight. I'm setting the story. So the, they're getting their items from their bag to the cart. And the kid's being a jag. He's like whipping this like bag around. So out pops a bushes like grilling beans. And it hits the floor. Goes everywhere. So at this point, the mother looks over. Puts the kid over her knee. And whoops his ass <laughs> in the giant eagle checkout. And that's not yes. where the story ends. That's not yes. where the story ends. So this kid's getting his ass whooped over top of a pile of beans. This guy comes walking in. He pulls out what looks like a handheld motor, and he just rips a big cloud and <laughs> eagle. And the workers just go, you can't do that here, sir. He goes, oh, it's all good. It's an e-cigarette. <laughs> he just keeps walking. At this point, the ass whooping's done, by the way. The mother gets up and she just goes, you know I like to keep it old school. And that's it. I was like, okay. That was just chaos. It, like I walked into a new dimension or something. I just could not fathom what I saw. And that, I don't even know who to put is the idiot of the week there. If it's the child or the cloud ripper. I don't know. But well, it's got to be it. a cloud ripper. Yeah. Because, yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, kids are going to be kids. And that, that mom, good on that mom. You know, <laughs> you, you know these, these young punks don't understand it. Oh, and you oh. start... You start paintbrushing them, like writing them <laughs> in front of everybody. Oh, they—they they won't. He won't do that again. I guarantee it. Guarantee you that, that kid doesn't never spends a bag again. Oh, like that. That's great. Oh, wow. Love it. <laughs> it's hilarious. Uh, but I have an honorable mention too, which will. Uh, Ryan Roberts, you're my honorable <laughs> mention for the of the week, buddy. You got on WPXI on television, and you didn't shout out the podcast that you're on. Wow. What? Uh, you you predict. And to boot, he went on there and said, it's going to be a blowout. Yeah. Bad look. You, bad That's a bad look. It's a yeah. bad look for the pod. That is. But we could have had everybody and anybody in the Pittsburgh area listening to us. Yeah. Was, hey, free easy plug. Right now. We could be on, you know, the Queen's Jubilee right now. <laughs> We're not, you know. Look, the Queen might love Pittsburgh sports, and who's covering it right now? Us. Yeah. Yeah. But that's all I got. We can move on to the random athlete if you guys have them. All right, who wants to go first? Uh, I'll go first. I'll go go first. I'll go last. So I was looking, Pitt, big week this week. I was looking, uh, I had a couple names, but, and then I was uh, cleaning out my closet yesterday, and I found these, I found these, these, uh, these gloves. These player-worn gloves, and I remember this story. My man, Jabal Sheard, defensive <laughs> end, Pitt. My old man took me down right by the right by the tunnel. Jabal Sheard, he grabbed my Sharpie I had from FanFest, threw it up, threw the gloves up. Jabal Sheard, my random Pitt athlete of the week. Great guy. Good one. Um, do you want me to go? Or are you go I could go. I'll go here. Yeah, go so I'm going to piggyback off the backyard brawl here. And when I think of backyard brawl, I think of 13-9. One of the most iconic backyard brawls that ever be played. And when I think of 13-9, I think of one athlete, one 
person in particular. That's Scott McKillop. Scott McKillop was all over the field that that game. Uh, I think he had like 12 solo tackles, something like that. Uh, you know, tackles for loss. He, he was all, he embodied the backyard brawl. So my random Pittsburgh athlete of the week is Scott McKillop. Did he stop and run to like seal the deal too? Right? Uh, probably. So. You know, I'm gonna have to that go back and fun. watch it. I might watch it tonight. Kiski right. product too. Yep, local, yeah, local, local, local yeah. guy. Yep. Yeah. yep. All right, mine is Andrew. Might be able to guess this one. So I have a Pirates baseball card. Uh, it's my favorite Pirates baseball card. It's not worth anything, but it has a <laughs> funny quote on it. And the Pirates. Oh, I know this one. What? Who is it, Andrew? Jack Wilson. Jack Wilson. I have a Jack Wilson card. He's smiling like a butcher's dog. And the top quote says, Dipper Chew, not in my game. And he's just sitting there. <laughs> so that's my random Pittsburgh athlete. Oh, it's, a, right. it's a baseball card. Jack, Jack Wilson baseball card. Yeah. Anti-Chew. Sorry, Jack. <laughs> All right. Go ahead, Andrew. All right. I'm going with a former Pirate, first baseman. May played a little bit of outfield. If anyone knows the name, his nickname was Big Country. Does anybody recall who that is? Craig Wilson? No. Um, oh, boy. He's supposed to be the next big thing. Yeah. Oh, oh I know. Players. Hang on. This is going to bother Pierre me. Ward. Mm-mm. I have no idea. I'll be honest. Big country, Brad Eldred. Yeah, I wasn't <laughs> back. That, it wasn't day. coming to me. Back okay. Yep, he was yep. supposed to be the next big thing, and he's, of course, he stunk for the Pirates. Yes. But big country, that? Brad Eldred, random athlete of the week. All right. So that's all I got. What about you guys? All right. Episode seven, guys. Thanks for listening. We got episode eight next week. We're going to talk about Pitt versus Tennessee, Penn State versus Ohio, and then Steelers, Bengals. So it's going to be chock full of content. So keep keep an eye. Keep an eye on the Twitter account before I forget for the uh, punishments for the fantasy football league we drafted last night. And also keep an eye. We're going to be doing some uh, sports betting on the Twitter account, tracking yep. our picks, see who is the best one by the end of the year. So keep an eye on all that. Always appreciate the feedback. And uh, we have, you know, always appreciate the likes, subscribes, the listens on every platform. We all really do appreciate it. Yeah, it's awesome all the support we got. So thank you, yeah. everybody that listens and pays attention to us because it's pretty sick. Final thoughts, you two? W's. No. Yep, it's just the uh, same thing that uh, Mott said. We reiterate it. You know, appreciate all the support, all the love. I love doing this. Uh, you can follow me at uh, Call Couch at Twitch.tv. Uh, I'll be live. Uh, but other than that, no, uh, just having fun. Uh, electric draft last night as well. Yeah, yep. that was awesome. Go yep. watch that video, the replay so on YouTube. So check that out. All right, episode seven. Thanks for listening, everybody.